Hello and welcome back to the Second Take Podcast. My name is Calvin Williams. I'm here with my co-host Marco Rogers. Today we have Season 2, Episode 11, Episode number 41 in total. We are going to be breaking down this last week in football. Going to give you a little bit of MLB at the end. And I see no reason to waste time, so we're going to start off with Because it is the middle of the college football season, we're going to start off with Heisman predictions midway through the year. Marco, why don't you start us off with your Heisman prediction? Um, So, Denman Ritter, his stats aren't, like, whopping. I mean, 44th in passing yards with with 1,305. 12 TDs passing, that's pretty good. He's top 20 in that. But he's only thrown two picks, and he's played against... Oh, like a top five turnover defense with Notre Dame. They turn almost like they force six turnovers against Wisconsin. They force a lot of turnovers. And it's also played against Indiana, who has a pretty good defense. I mean, power five defense, nothing special, but he put up a decent amount of points on them. And he could be the first QB in college football history to lead a non-power five team to the playoffs. So really him being a leader, um could get him this award. Yeah, it's not like the MVP of the, of the NFL or NBA where, like, you actually have to be valuable. But, like, like the Heisman's really just the best player. But, I mean, I still think he can le- he can not only lead his team to the playoffs but have good stats in the process, doesn't really play against any good defenses, and he's really going to rack those stats up when he plays against bad teams like – I don't know, but, like, bad teams. Um, and he also, he can take off when he needs to, similar to Cal's quarterback. Um, he has 104 rushing yards, averages 3.4 yards a carry, and has three rushing TDs. He's a big body. He's, I believe, like, 6'5 or so. Um, so, yeah, he's tough. To, he's like Joe Milton from Michigan if he knew how to throw. <laughs> um, and not I don't, I don't, strikes, I don't but, mind the yeah. comparison. The reason I don't think that Desmond Ritter is going to win the Heisman is just because I think that the Heisman committee is going to know that he doesn't play the same competition as the other Power 5 QBs do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I, I guess. But, I mean, he's proven that he can play well against – Notre Dame, who has a very good defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's going to have to prove himself in the college football playoff, but by that time, the Heisman voting will have already happened, so I'm not really sure if that's... Yeah. Well, if he can, like, if he can put up big numbers on, like, SMU two times or something, then... Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, I also want to see where the college football playoff committee is going to put Cincinnati in terms of... Um, rankings when week nine comes around, so we'll see. Uh, but I think I don't mind that pick, but I think it's definitely going to be a tough, it's a tough road ahead for him if he wants to win the Heisman. Uh, my QB, Power 5 quarterback, Matt Corral, he's definitely, he, early season, he was projected to be top, he's, I think he's projected to be a Heisman finalist. Um, his staffs definitely are not number one in the country, but he has been getting a lot reliably around like 300 yards per game. And he and he didn't play great against Alabama. If you didn't know, he's the Ole Miss quarterback. Uh, he didn't actually play the best against Alabama, but he played well against a good Arkansas team. He hasn't thrown any picks this season. Uh, he's a great pro-style quarterback. He can take off when he needs to. He already has eight rushing touchdowns this season. 
even though most of them are just short runs, it just shows you that he's able to get out of the pocket. He's able to do a little bit of read option, uh, and he's able to get into the end zone when he needs to. And that's why I think he has a very valid chance of winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, yeah, again, he's also, like, the team's leader. Um, And also, I mean, coming into the year, it didn't really look like he was going to get drafted even top 10, but now it's definitely look, looking like he'll be a top 10 pick. And Who, Matt Corral? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. He, I think he was one of the higher-rated no, quarterbacks well, coming to the college Spencer football season. Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell were both higher than him. Spencer Rattler just got benched. Yeah, and, that's true, but Sam both Howell of them sucks. have been terrible. Yeah, that's what I am just said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam Howell just lost I cannot his. believe that Spencer Rattler got benched. That's so crazy. And Sam Howell just lost to Florida State. So, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, we're just going to give you a quick rundown of the college football rankings. We did see quite a bit of movement in an exciting week of college football. Uh, Georgia moves up to number one after a loss to Alabama. Iowa moves up to number two after beating um, a very good Penn State team. Cincinnati moves up to number three. Or were they at three? No. They moved up to number three just because other teams lost. Oklahoma moves up to number four after beating a very solid Texas team. Um, Alabama moves down to number five after a tough loss to Texas A&M. I do not know how that happened. I'm so happy it did, though. Uh, We'll talk more about that later. Ohio State... uh, moves I think they stayed at no they moved up one spot because of the Alabama loss to number six Penn State moves down to seven not a bad loss to Iowa their quarterback got injured so can't really um blame that on the whole team and their quarterback getting injured immediately turned the game around so it's kind of hard um to move them down too much so we'll see if they can recover uh Michigan moves up to number eight from number nine, uh, eking out a win against Nebraska, but definitely got definitely won the game. Oregon moves up to down one spot. Oh yeah, down one spot to number nine, and then Michigan State moves into the top ten. And by the way, Ohio, um, Marco, Ohio State uh, moved up because Penn State lost. They passed Penn State, so that's why. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about our other big moves um, in the rankings? Yeah, sure. Um. So, Kentucky moves up from number 16 to number 11. They just blew out LSU, I think, that, like, Kentucky may be turning into a football school now. Uh, Their basketball team seems to be trending downwards, and football seems to be trending upwards. And Denver... I never thought that would ever happen. Yeah, Denver-Storza really looks like a big game next week. We'll recap that on Thursday. Uh, Wake Forest moves from... Predict. We will predict that on Thursday. Yeah. Um, next week we'll recap it. Uh, Wake Forest moved from 19 to 16. They look like the front runners in the ACC, but they don't really look like threats at the college football playoff because, like, they barely beat Syracuse, who's not really good. They lost to Rutgers, so, like, they're not great. Arkansas moves down from 13 to 17. They switched spots exactly with Ole Miss. Ole Miss goes from 17 to 13 um, when they played each other. Close game, came down to a two-point conversion at the end. Good game. I think we'll talk about that. Uh, BYU lost to Boise State. I don't think we'll talk about that. So um, 
I think they had a lot of injuries, but still not an excuse to lose to Boise State, who was struggling this entire year. And then they beat BYU. BYU goes from 10 to 19. I did think that they were overranked, but I really didn't think that they'd lose that game. And Texas A&M obviously beat Bama after coming off, after coming off a loss to, I believe, Mississippi State. And I think they lost to LSU or something. Yeah, I think they lost to LSU. Uh, yeah, they. I believe. No, they no, lost wait, no, LSU. no. They lost to Arkansas. No, they beat us. They they lost to Arkansas and then they lost to Mississippi State. Then they somehow beat Bama with Zach Calzada, who everyone hated. So they moved from this unranked to football 21. season has been so random, Marco. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I mean it's quite surprising that our upset predictions have been decent. I I forgot who I predicted. Oh yeah, I predicted. I Rutgers. predicted. I predicted uh, Virginia Tech to beat Notre Dame, and they almost did. Notre Dame, and they barely lost. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. Uh, okay, so now moving into our third segment. Um, this is our recap of the big games. So, Cal, why don't you start us off with Michigan versus Nebraska? This was a great game. Um, or uh, yeah, I mean, I th- uh, in my opinion, as a Michigan fan, it was a great game. Um, it was definitely nerve-wracking for a lot of Michigan fans. Um, Michigan was able to move the ball on the ground decently, not as good as I would like when when that's our main uh, source of yardage. But I will say that um, Cade McNamara looked okay, but I w- was kind of unimpressed at his ability to – um, convert on like third downs and stuff, but sorry, I was just rambling there. But um, Hassan Haskins is the main guy I want to talk about. This this guy is one of the few reasons that Michigan won this game. I mean, Blake Corum obviously had a very good game. I mean, what was I even talking about? Michigan had a great rushing game. Um, yeah. Hassan Haskins. Yeah plowed through the Nebraska defense. He had one play where he was running down the field. This was toward, sort of towards the end. It kind of sealed the deal. Um, He hurtled this guy in Nebraska and then ran for another 20 yards. Make sure you watch that play if you haven't yet. But 21 carries, 123 yards, averaging six yards a carry, two touchdowns. Every time we needed a first down on like third and one, third and two, third and three, <laughs> this guy was there plowing through. Our O-line would push him if he needed an extra yard. Just power football. That's what you love to see as a Michigan fan. Um, I would like to see Cade uh, just being a little bit more reliable because I sort of get nervous every time we pass because he sort of got a little sidearm that uh, – he sort of got a little si- sidearm that um, just – I don't really <laughs> – it just makes me nervous every time he throws it. So – I don't know. I, w- I almost want to see J.J. play a little bit more in case we ever do need him at some point in the season. But we'll see. Um, Mark, you got anything to say? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Cade, this was actually, I mean, one of his better games. I mean, yeah, he threw his first pick of his career, but like 255 yards, his most yards this year. Yeah, we passed the ball a fair bit more. But, um... I mean, we threw almost... 40 passes. Yeah, but, like, he, he he did not look bad. I mean, the deep ball wasn't really there. But, yeah, I mean, Haskins, that run 
Um, it's one of the few times you see someone hurdle someone and then get over 15 more yards. Usually it's like a hurdle. They maybe get two more yards and then get out of bounds. Maybe Yeah, or they get like hit midair. Or they get like a touchdown off it. But it's rare that you see a guy hurdle, then keep running. Um, that was pretty good. And then, um, yeah, Nebraska. Wait, back to the Cade thing. Um, the only thing I would will say is like, like you said, that deep ball was not looking good. And when we need a big play against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, how are we going to rely on getting that deep ball when he's throwing the ball five yards behind? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he did look good against Wisconsin, though, with the deep ball. So he, he's proven that he can throw it pretty but well. But is that inconsistency or is that like a real thing? Well, no, I mean, he did against – he he's done it pretty well every game except this game, really. But Nebraska is also one of the better defenses we've played. Is it just a better team, worse I throws mean, type of thing? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's. I mean, Wisconsin, in my opinion, has the better overall defense. Yeah, Nebraska's defense looked good, but uh, like coming into this game. But I mean, I just think like he can't throw the deep ball. I think he uh, had an off game. Maybe the atmosphere got to him. Um, maybe the pressure. Oh. Talk about guys that can throw the deep ball. Nebraska's quarterback, Adrian Martinez, looked absolutely oh, yeah. amazing against us. Yeah. Like, he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, And when our leading receiver has 64 yards, also I want to say something. I think a big reason why he didn't throw the deep ball well was Roman Wilson was injured. I think after the bye week, he should be back. But he's, like, one of our better deep threat receivers, so... I mean, well, not to mention Ronnie Bell got injured at the start of well, the yeah, season. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> he would look a lot better already by by now if he hadn't. But, like, yeah. Bro, it makes me, like, ah, uh, it makes me cringe at how much better we would be with Ronnie Bell on our team. Yeah, and um, missed him for 212 yards. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good game. And first time we really had to come back and win a game. Um, so yeah, big win. Yeah, uh, also I was impressed with, uh, or no, I was questioning, is Hassan Haskins going to be our lead back against the better teams? I, I think Cause so. Like, yeah, because like, he, his ability to get through, like he was trucking like three, four guys. There's one play, the announcers were like, uh, Hassan Haskins, a nice chip block, and he sent a 330-pound man spinning in a 360. Like, what is that? Yeah, and his strength is just insane. Yeah, I know. Um, but all right, that's all we got to say about that one. Uh, next we have an insane game. This game was back and forth. There was like five touchdowns in the last three minutes. Oklahoma beating Texas in an insane 21-point comeback. 55-48. to 48. Marco, what do you have to say about this one? Uh, first of all, someone or how you said Michigan would be so much better with, with Ronnie Bell. Michigan, by the way, if you didn't know, Xavier Worthy pretty much signed with Michigan. I think he, yeah, he signed with Michigan as a freshman. And then he just left. He pretty much transferred before he even set foot on the campus. And this game, he had 261 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Eh, like, we would be so much better with him. Great deep threat. The- Wait, where is he right now? Texas. He had 261 yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I said. Um, oh, But gotcha, yeah, gotcha. back and forth game. They blew a lead. And then 
Caleb Williams comes in. I was going to say him as a Heisman, but I didn't want to overreact to just one big game. Uh, came in only three. But he, he was so good. Yeah, I mean, 25 passes, completed 16 of them, 212 yards, two touchdowns. And it, it looked like his connection with Marvin Mims was really good. Threw a couple touchdowns to him. And, I mean, he looked very poised in the pocket. Like, even when he drops the ball off, like, a bad snap, comes, like, throws the ball in between two cornerbacks and throws an absolute dot to Marvin Mims. So, great game for him. Yeah, I mean, talking about Marvin Mims, um, there was this one play with, like, two minutes left in the – two minutes left in the game. And, I mean, there were, like, two more touchdowns scored after this. But um, Caleb Williams throws – like a 60-yard ball to Marvin Mims, who just goes up, makes a play over two guys, and they score a touchdown. Like, huge play. I can see that connection between them. I can. I think they – I almost think that's promising for them that Spencer Rattler is sitting because, like, the Oklahoma crowd was literally – booing Spencer Rattler when he came in for a two-point conversion. So, Even though he converted. I, I don't know where this Oklahoma team's going, but I definitely am liking the trend. Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, this game had great receivers, worthy versus Mims, uh, great running backs, Kenny Brooks. I don't know how they let him score on that last play. I thought that was just like the wildcat formation, like about six seconds left in the game. Oh, they have a timeout um, tie game at, like, the 30-yard line. I thought that was just to, like, get in a better field goal range. But they just, like, didn't tackle him. And he just kept on running and scored a touchdown, which is a big reason why he had 217 yards rushing. B. John Robinson, obviously one of the best backs in college football, 137 yards. And Casey Thompson versus Carson Williams and Rattler. Casey Thompson – Looks like a Heisman candidate. If only his team was better, I think it would be a lot more reasonable. But he still looks like one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Yeah, for sure. Um, next we got Ole Miss's Ole Miss beating Arkansas. Um, I didn't actually get to watch this game. Did you get a chance to watch this uh, one, Michael? Yeah. I watched it. All right, can you start us off? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I watched. A good majority of it. It was back and forth at the end to great quarterbacks. When I, I started watching this in like the third quarter, I was kind of surprised how it was so high scoring. I believe it was 21 to 14 at halftime, but I started watching at the end of the third quarter. So it was like, I believe it was 31 to, to 31 at um the end of the third quarter. Yeah, it's like three touchdowns. Yeah, and I, was, and I was shocked when I saw Matt, Matt Corral at that point had only thrown for 200 yards and they had put up that many points. And I mean, yeah, Henry Parrish rushed for a fair amount of yards, but they didn't really run for that many yards. I was shocked how they put up so many points without him doing that much. Um, And all around, really great game, back and forth. I think this might be the most points combined in a noon and two noon games ever with Texas, Oklahoma, and then this. Yeah, I mean, it probably is because 55 to 48, 52 to 51. Yeah, and then this came down. To, I mean, what is that? 107 plus? Yeah, it came down to the 99. Like, literally 206 points in between two games. Yeah, and um, came down to the last second. KJ Jefferson throws a touchdown. I don't know how they let the tight end so open in the back of the end zone. Got in. Down by one, do they go for the extra point on the road and send it to overtime against a, a 
offense that you really can't stop? Um, or do you go for two and try to win the game there? Um, in my opinion, it was a good decision to go for two. They couldn't stop you. And I believe if they had decided to kick that extra point, that game might have gone into like 10 overtimes. It would have been like that Texas A&M LSU game back in like 2017 when it just kept on going because both defenses just couldn't stop them. It would have been something like that. It was like 71. It was like 73 to 71. That game was. Yeah, it was 74 72. I still remember that yeah. game. Oh my gosh. I, I think it would have been something like that. I might have even gone into the night. The premature uh, Gatorade bucket, and then they lost. Yeah, that was... Oh my gosh, that's so iconic. Yeah, that was a great game, and so is this. I'm very glad that they went for two, because it was either going to win the game on the road, and usually when you're on the road, you go for two, so you can not be in overtime against a crowd, so... Yeah, overtime against a crowd is never something you want. Um, if I was a coach, I would oh, if I was away, and I had to win or had a chance to tie and go to OT, I would always go for the win. If I was at home, I might I'd probably take my team winning in overtime though. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, this game, uh, Arkansas did not look like a bad team like they did against Georgia, but then again, Georgia makes everyone look bad. Raheem Sanders uh, had one of his better games this season. Uh, he rushed for 139 yards, and, I mean, their Arkansas's quarterback rushed for 85 yards, so um, definitely shows their versatility on offense, but I think Ole Miss was just the better team. I mean, Matt Corral did his thing, not his best game, but Ole Miss, again, didn't really pass much this game. I mean, he only threw 21 passes, which is not a lot, uh, but still managed to throw for almost 300 yards, so definitely not a bad game from him, and uh, I just think Ole Miss's ability run the, to run the ball spread out between both um, Henry Parrish and um, what's his name? And Snoop Connor. That's his name. <laughs> I love that name. Um, the rushing ability between Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor um, definitely is something. And Matt Corral, really, who like 111 from Henry Parrish, 110 from Snoop Connor, and then 94 from Matt Corral. I mean, that's just. That's just astonishing that they're able to have that much versatility from three different players. It's like some Michigan type stuff. <laughs> All right, next we got um, Iowa beating Penn State twenty three to twenty. I would say that the main comeback, the main cause of the comeback, uh, was Sean Clifford getting injured. Would you agree with that, Marco? Oh uh, yeah, without a doubt. And by the way, Sean Clifford was still their leading passer and still their leading rusher, even though he got injured. And in- which is just so sad. Yeah, even though he got injured in the second quarter, I thought that Iowa wasn't really that for real. They beat an Iowa State team that turns out they were overrated. They beat an Indiana team, turns out they were overrated. They really hadn't beaten anyone good, but here they prove that they can. Whoever the Penn State backup was, I hope he plays against Michigan. I've not seen that bad a quarterback in a long time. <laughs> so he mean. could not throw the ball to an open receiver. At best, John O'Corn level, which is not a good thing coming from a Michigan fan. Um, he just did not know how to play the game of football. Not sure why they brought him in. I believe he was a high recruit, and they just they 
He's like an NBA 10-day contract. <laughs> yeah, guy. exactly. He, he probably belongs in the NBA, not college football. <laughs> he's playing the wrong sport. He's got to play some golf or something. Yeah, I mean, he has the body to play in the NBA. He's like 6'4", two, 200 pounds, but he cannot play quarterback. Hopefully he doesn't just... He can't run, though, so I doubt he can play no, in the no, NBA. He, he can actually run pretty decent. He just decided not to because he didn't trust himself. Um, I hope he does not kill Michigan because of this. Please don't. Um, He probably will. Based off Michigan's luck, but um, yeah, the Penn State backup quarterback is definitely li- listening to our podcast. Yeah, no, he's just gonna somehow go insane against Michigan. Um, Taquan Roberson. <laughs> Hello, guys. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so terrible. He went seven for twenty-one, thirty-four yards and two picks, twenty-seven point seven QBR. That's terrible. That has to be a record, is um, And I mean, <laughs> he threw two picks, and he only played two of the quarters. I mean, of the yeah, game. Clifford also threw two picks, but he was able to lead the team down the field and like drive in and drive out. Well, yeah, but he was actually throwing the deep ball a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, he also one of his picks was just off the deep ball, and he kind of just threw it up. It was pretty much a punt. <laughs> well, we, we, we figured exactly. out who the worst Power Five quarterback in college football was. <laughs> Until he t- kills All Michigan. Yeah, but um, I will say that I am definitely this definitely gives Michigan some hope. Um, in basically the whole Big Ten East, because not only did Iowa win, giving Penn State one loss, but they also injured their quarterback. So yeah, no, definitely exciting for all you Big Ten East yeah, fans. No, <laughs> on Clifford's injury. Hope mm, I I I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. What about Riley Moss for Iowa? I don't, I haven't seen anything oh. on it. But he basically he got a pick. His like fifth <laughs> pick of the season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And then like as he's celebrating, he just falls to the ground, like tore an ACL or something. <laughs> non-contact. It didn't look good. <laughs> All right. Um. Next we got our final game. Alabama loses. Let's go. Let's go! I was kind of flipping between this game and the Michigan game during commercials, and then at the end... Yeah, same. Like, even though the Michigan game was close, I just wanted to see Alabama lose so bad. I I feel like... The main reason that prop- that propelled Texanum to win this game, that kick return touchdown in like the third quarter, was absolutely huge. The Texanum was the Texan A&M crowd was carrying this team on their back, propelling them to a victory. Marco, do you have any statistical analysis of this one? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Brian Robinson still played this game very well. And by the way, that kickoff touchdown, it looked like Bama, everyone's like waiting. Oh, Bama's, Bama always comes back. I mean, they're not actually going to win this game. And by the way, during the offseason, I bet, uh, I mean, Jimbo Fisher said that we're going to beat their um, A-word. We can't sw- swear on this podcast. But he said, like, he was convinced they were going to beat Bama. And then Nick Saban responded to that, and he was, like, in golf. And then Nick Saban, good com- <laughs> good comeback, but, like, you, you lost. And then trying lost. to beat your A-word. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, all right. Yeah, pretty much. He, he did. I mean, Zach Calzada pretty, for Texas A&M actually did not play well. I know a lot of people were not yes, liking him at all. I mean, he's thrown five picks this season. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, 
Not a bad game at all. No, not 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 that bad. Just throwing 285 yards, three touchdowns on your big rivals, and coming back in off an injury to lead your game-winning drive against a team. Okay, but okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, I get don't. it. <laughs> um, I I don't have much more to say about this game. I I was just blown away that AM was able to beat Alabama. Oh uh, yeah, same. And also, an AM team that really wasn't that good. So yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to speed through the next two segments because we're running out of time. But um, we have four NFL games to go over. Chris, Including the worst off, in the football uh, in history. So. Okay, okay, buddy. Okay, okay, I get it. Um, the curse of Detroit continues. They don't know what I'm- Lions, or the Vikings... The Vikings beat the Lions 19-17 to on another Lions loss on a game-winning field goal. <sighs> Lions drove down the field with what two minutes left in the game uh left uh they got a touchdown got the two-point conversion went up by one left 30 se- 45 seconds on the clock the vikings had just missed a 39 yard field goal the drive before uh vikings proceed to drive down to like the 40 to like the 30 yard line somewhere around the it was like a 52 yard field goal um Drive, drove down, hit a 52-yard field goal with, as time expires. Marco, any statistical analysis? Uh, 0-5. Uh, okay. All um, right, all right, okay. Patriots so, fan. All right, bandwagon, 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 bandwagon. I'm just going to say that, bandwagon. I mean, if he bandwagon. hit that 39-yard bandwagon. field goal, that, that the touchdown really wouldn't have mattered that much. Though you would have... But he didn't, so why did he make the 52-yard uh, field goal? Oh, because you're the Lions, and you don't know how to... Not be unlucky. We don't know how to win. No, but it's fine. We're getting they, a better draft pick the, than you guys, and you guys over. still. And the Patriots are still not making the playoffs. I mean, to be Sorry, honest, bud. what's wrong with the Lions is they turn the ball over too much in the red zone. The Ravens game they did it once. The Bears game they did it twice. The Bears game they did it like fourteen <laughs> times. Yeah, it feels like it. Like they just they need a way to cash in the red zone, and then that's why they're forced into these long comebacks that look good, but then they just they're not. But they always pull off the yeah, cl- not pull. They always the no, they always ever. like they always get to the comeback. Like they always bring it within like three. You know, like when the, but then they when lose the on a game down by forty. You know it's gonna be a close game, but you know they're gonna lose always. No, I feel like it's less of a close game when we're only down by like ten. We need to be down by at least yeah, twenty. And you're pretty good at that. Um, Packers, <laughs> and then then we come back. Yeah, um, and then lose. All right, next we got Packers beating the Bengals in a in a game that should have been like three hours, but it ended up being three hours and forty five minutes, almost four hours because of five minutes five missed field goals in the last four minutes of the game. <laughs> in the last four minutes, um, or like from four minutes left in the fourth quarter to it overtime. Was, Marco, did you watch uh, that game? Yeah, it was from two twelve left in regular time until. The end of the game, five missed field goals. There was the f- longest one was about fifty-two. There were two of them were over fifty yards, which I understand, but like I believe Crosby. Mason Crosby is one of the better kick has been one of the better kickers in the NFL. Yeah, though. I mean, and he missed like four. Quarterback, you like you don't want to get mad at your kicker, but like at a certain point. I understand Burrow probably wouldn't get mad because he's young, but at some point, Rodgers probably get a little bit pissed at Crosby, even though they've been on the same team. Well, I mean, they've been on the Packers yeah. together for, like, yeah. four eternities. Yeah, that so. might have 
Seems like they're probably bonds yeah, by now. Like, that was just terrible. I don't realize how gray his hair is. That's probably why. Yeah, but um, were you impressed with Jamar Chase? Because, like, the connection... I mean, obviously, they played at LSU together. But the connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was very impressive. Like, he was going up for the balls. I feel like Joe <laughs> Burrow was hitting him really nicely on, like, the curl routes. Um, I feel like I was No, just I just like him because he beat me in fantasy, so... I'm very disappointed. In him. Oh, oh, He's bad. okay. Because I bad. have him. No, you don't. Oh wait, no, I don't oh, have him. In that league. How many? No, I have him in a different league. Jamar Chase is the oh, goat. Oh yeah, Patriots won by the way. Greatest wide receiver of all time. Okay, bud. Okay, bud. Make the okay. playoffs. Then talk we to me. No one's playoffs, good in the then. AFC. Wait, that's okay. That's and true. make the Super Bowl. Then talk uh, to me. No, probably not. But okay, Lamar Jackson MVP. Exactly. Exactly. Watch, the Lions are going to win a Super Bowl for, before the Patriots win their next that Super Bowl. It's just, okay. They will. <laughs> uh, they will. That, that's, okay, hot take. Um, Two great quarterbacks playing this game. Ravens, Colts. Not a hot take, Monday fact. night football into overtime. Um, 31-25, Ravens win. Both quarterbacks, though, for over 400 yards. Though I'm kind of used to college where they never do that. In the NFL, like, it's rare that they throw for under 300 yards. Mark Andrews played amazing. Lamar rushed the ball and passed it well. And this was Lamar's best game as a quarterback. By the way, he if you didn't know, he's he's been a running back for most of his career. And this was really a, this was his <laughs> first impressive start as a quarterback. Obviously, I mean, being a running back to start your career, it's pretty tough to change positions like that. But 37 for 43, 442 yards and four touchdowns. Like he that might be the greatest position switch of all time. Yeah, for real. Um, I mean, he was running back at Louisville, won the Heisman as a running back. He's been a running back for the first two years of his NFL career. Um, and then switched to quarterback um, for this game <laughs> uh, and just played phenomenally. But, I mean, I don't know he what was- it was. I think it was like seven minutes left in the third quarter. Lamar fumbled on like the goal line, and the Colts picked it up. They... Darius Leonard picked it up. Uh, he lateraled it backwards, and we thought they had a touchdown because they did score. They reviewed the fumble, and then they ended up reviewing the whole play, and they called the lateral an illegal forward pass, which I did not agree with. It looked very backwards. Um, Did you see that play? No. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Uh, But it looked like a backwards pass. I feel like that would have won the... Um, that would have won the, the game. That would have won the game for the Colts. So I don't know. Uh, impressive comeback from and the Ravens. Though. By the way, I want to put uh, this out. Twenty-two unanswered oh, to win the game. We still so. saw like the old Lamar Jackson of him still playing some running back, led his team in carries and yards rushing. But like you know, his quarterback looks good. That should be a permanent position switch, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see, but he'll probably still yeah, play yeah. part-time. Yeah, I, I like the combination. really makes him look good. Yeah, taking dual-threat quarterback to another yeah. level. Um. <laughs> All right, Um. to move on, we are going to talk about the MLB. I am not the MLB expert. Marco, can you talk uh, about this? Red Sox beat the Rays in four. Absolutely destroyed the Rays. The Rays are terrible. I don't know why they won 100 games. They suck. Uh, All right, Red bud. All right, bud. We're better than them. Relax. Back-to-back walk-offs two nights in a row. Beat that. Uh, Astros beat the White Sox in four. 
they were much more impressive than the Red Sox, to be honest. White Sox just stood no chance after game one. You could tell their best pitcher allowed eight runs in like three innings. Um, so Astros, Red Sox, that'll be a good series. Dodgers um, go down 2-1 on the Giants. Uh, they play tonight. Uh, whoever wins tonight, I think, is winning the series. If um, they go back, well, actually, if Giants win, they obviously win the series. But if the Dodgers win, they get momentum. I think that they're going to win this series if they win this game. And Braves pitching, they've only allowed, like, they, I don't think they've allowed a run since game one. And Jock Peterson, two home runs and an RBI single, six RBIs off pinch hitting three for three, uh, has the Braves up 2-1 on the Brewers. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say. Um, Giants are playing the Dodgers tonight uh, in game four. We'll see if the Dodgers can – or if the Giants can close it out. Um, but Dodgers might be able to um, – Tied up to too, so we'll see. Uh, is that all you have? Uh, yeah. All right, so that's all we have for tonight, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the Second Take podcast. Uh, please make sure to share our podcast. Uh, we're trying to grow. We've been consistently uploading for a while now, so just make sure to keep listening. We post every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, and we'll see you soon. Peace out. See ya.